Pedestal listeners, today's episode is being brought to you by Stars on Crave. This week's movie, The Big Lebowski, and in fact, every movie we do from now on, is available to stream right now on Stars, home to some of the biggest hit movies. Go to crave.ca to sign up and try it out for a week. And now, on to the show. You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much. Presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. I am Mike Vermeer. You might know me from the podcast, Mike on Much. Also joining us is Shane Christian Cunningham, who's the pop culture aficionado on the podcast, Mike on Much. And as always, our co-host and Mensa member, the brilliant <laughs> award-winning writer, director, producer, Jonathan Popolis. And Johnny, we have a guest today. We do indeed. You might have heard me mention the Michael Much podcast twice off of the open. Well, I'm going to mention it one more time because joining us for the first time, it took all the way to season, what, three? Yeah. Mm. My goodness, is our co-host on the Michael Much podcast and producer, Max Kerman. Max, how's it going? It's an honor to be with you guys. Well, <laughs> <laughs> John, mostly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we see each other too much anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're always doing this. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned I'm going to get my wires crossed because this is starting to feel like a mic on much mm-hmm. just with John. And John has been on mic on much, so we've done a, a version But don't worry, I'll keep us pedestal-centric. Uh, Great. Uh, <laughs> guys, today we are doing, this is the film that Max wanted to do uh, mm. from our I asked for Rush Hour for the record, and no one seemed that you, interested You gave in a couple, and you said this movie... Earlier. Yeah. And then you said rush hour after that. But yeah. yeah. So the movie we're doing today is The Big Lebowski. Starring Jeff Bridges as the dude and many others such as John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore. This movie came out in 1998. So to give you some context, uh, the top five films in 1998, guys, we like to guess all the time. I do not believe that we have had this yet, uh, this year. 98, I think we did. I think we did He Got Game, I think. Mm. Was that 99? See, He Got Game is 98. Oh. You're right. So, Johnny, can you rattle off the top I think five we films? Ca- I don't know if I can rattle them off, but I know because we did this one recently. Yeah. I know Bug's Life is on there. That's five. I know Armageddon is on there. That two. is number one. Oh, number one. Armageddon number one. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Number two. Hey now. Uh, you guys guessed something. I listened to this. He got <laughs> <laughs> number three is Godzilla. Number mm. four is There's Something About Mary. Something About Mary. Yeah. I so that like, there's one on there that I because I watched that one recently. Something About Mary as well. So that gives our listeners a little bit of context of what was going on in film in 1998. Also, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Was that the big home run? Uh, was it? Shootout? I think so. Wow, that was exciting times. Shootout with the we were steroids, so innocent. Mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the steroids thing happened after. Yeah, is that did, it? Yeah. We, all, we were all so young and naive. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so what we always do too is we try to figure out uh, the budget of this film and mm. what it made. This is where Shane actually excels. He does. Yeah. So, guys, Ooh. do you want to start with uh, what it cost to make and then we'll guess what it made? Sure. All right, the budget. Who's, who's taking guesses here? Shane, you go first. You're always 30 mil. 30 mil from Shane. Johnny? Uh, Coen Brothers were doing pretty well at this point, but I don't know if they were like uh, 50 mil. Just five, to, zero. five zero. I think I might have cheated and looked at this, but <laughs> let me say. Wait, Max, you did research? <laughs> I did a little bit of research. <laughs> How much? Wow. But, but maybe it was just the advance, $15 million. The budget is $15 million. 15? Are you a cheater? One five? Cheat. Yeah. <laughs> One five. Yeah. Okay. In 1998? No, but this is the power of the fucking Coens. Oh, my God. Everybody works for scale, I bet. Every mm. single person in this is an Oscar. That's ridiculous. They, you work for scale for the Coens. Yes. Uh, box office. He, okay, so this Ooh. is 
obviously not including uh, DVD sales and everything. No. Okay. Box office. I'm gonna say fifty million. Did it? Twenty million. Did you cheat on this one? I too? did cheat on this one too. <laughs> I think like the first weekend they only made like five million dollars. Yeah, something. and I, then yeah. and then and and critics didn't like it that much. Hmm. Am I am I ruining the episode by Overall, saying? Overall, no, no, no. What do you think? It was like twenty million dollars. So Shane was very close. Forty-six point seven million dollars. Mm. So made the box money. Office. Yeah, made money. Yeah. I always thought it was a bomb. I guess. I, well, I think I, think I mean I guess forty-six point seven million isn't great. Like especially because. For for a fifteen million dollar investment, that's pretty good. It's but amazing. that's not how much money you want to make. But for. it made up for it uh, tenfold uh, later on down the yeah. line. Yeah, this is one of those films that maybe in the moment was kind of like it came and it went, and yeah. then it became. If you're a, a film massive, nerd, yeah. you would like the Austin movie. Powers for the Coen Brothers. Totally, was Austin we, Powers not received well. It wasn't a hit at no, all. Wow. Austin like, Powers wasn't a hit. No. Okay, does really? this I remember it being because well because they did two sequels that were huge and on video it was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, baby. Do you think this is specific? This phenomenon is more specific to comedies than any other genre. I feel like comedies get trashed every single time. Will Ferrell movies come out. They every critic goes, eh, and then they become cult hits. Shawshank Redemption, huge bomb. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, One that's of the a funniest drama, movies I've so. ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm proving Max's point. No. no but, but generally speaking, I, I, I like, wonder yeah, if it's. I, agree. I, I think this a lot because I wonder if it's sometimes comedies just play better. Like on your TV at home, like, a, like or I think maybe critics are just uppity assholes and don't want to yeah. give anything that's funny a good review. We've talked a lot about this, like the nature, like what is a good movie? We mm-hmm. talked about this on the Michael Much podcast recently, where it's like you can look at a Will Ferrell movie like Step Brothers, and maybe a, a, a film critic could say, "Well, that's not technically a good movie. The plot's all over the place. It's weird. It's absurd. It doesn't pieces don't connect. It's just not maybe crafted well." I'm not saying specifically that, yep. but that's what you could say. Mm-hmm. But then everybody else would say, "I laughed my ass off of that movie." So to me, that's a good movie. Well, I was reading the Wikipedia of this of the Big Lebowski, and the Toronto Star reviewer said it's poorly written, and all the humor is based on the profanity. And I love the profanity. Which is crazy. In the, movie. the profanity. <laughs> that's the best part of the movie. Like that's all it is. Like, like, Jeff Jeff Bridges uh, and John Goodman just swearing all the time is amazing. There's a lot of swearing in this yeah. film, so we'll get to that when we get to the things that we like about the oh, film. Sorry. Max, you're yeah. jumping the gun. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's all right. I guess you had a coffee. He doesn't know the format. Uh, <laughs> I do, but. Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, we like to uh, talk about what we thought about this film when it first came out. So, like I said, this movie came out in 1998. We were all teenagers, I imagine. What were your guys, uh, what was your relationship like with this film? Did you see it in the theater? Was it a video thing? Uh, who wants to start? I can go first. Sure. Uh, I did not see it in theaters. Uh, I, I love Coen Brothers movies, but the first, this was always one of those, like, where you tell people I haven't seen Big Lebowski and there's everyone's like you haven't seen Big Lebowski what's wrong with you so uh, I think it was second year film school when I when I first watched it and I, and I rented it on DVD and I watched it in my shitty little apartment and I like hated it I I, I like despite like, it was one of those things where for years I defined myself as someone who hated Big Lebowski and everyone's like I love Big Lebowski I'm like I fucking hate that movie that movie is way too long and it's all over the place and it's stupid and weird and I hate it and then like I rewatched it like ten years later and I'm like I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, like, wow. So it became then. It, so it became a thing where, yeah. Did you call all those people and apologize? Every single one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For ruining their dinner parties. Handwritten letters. Yeah. <laughs> to whom it may concern. Shaney, what'd you think of it? Nothing. I I didn't think of it at all. Never saw it in theaters. Some people I knew liked it, but it wasn't like a crazy film where it was like you haven't seen the Lebowski. Throw it on. And then I watched it. Once. Did you say that to me? What? No, <laughs> no. No. No one said it to me. I'm saying, but. Uh, and then you actually, uh, after I got hired here, yeah. one night we were kind of drinking. You're like, you have to see this movie. And then we went back to your place and we watched it. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I did not 
like it. Didn't it, connect with it. Yeah. it this movie's never connected to me. It's one of those movies my wife is obsessed with. She, I think like two or three times she's gone as Jeff Bridges and actually got an amazing costume where she actually looked like Jeff Bridges. Mm. For your for your uh, she's very dual, <laughs> for your dual uh, Bachelor Bachelorette, her team, we played a basketball game, Guys Against Girls, and her team was the Big Lamparskis. Mm. Yeah, and on oh, the wow. back it said market zero. Everyone was double zeros. Yeah. And her dad has a bowling bag that says the Big Lepowski. That's his nickname. So it is like so a thing for my in-laws and that side of the, the family and so not a thing for anyone in my family. And we like uh, we're kind of a, a Coen Brothers family uh, with the exception of the movies that are goofy or I guess uh, beloved by the masses. Oh, so you are a Coen Brother family. Huge. Coen They're Brother not a Big Lebowski family. Oh, no, I I'm a huge Coen Brother family. But what do you think of Lady Killers? <laughs> Just let me finish here, uh, Pops. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to you later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all the movies that, like, Raising Arizona, hate yeah. it. Big Lebowski, hate it. Uh, oh, Brother, We're Out There. Uh, I said that weird, but I hate it. <laughs> and Lady Killers, everyone hates. And uh, intol Intolerable Cruelty, everyone hates. So Not those everyone. are the five movies I, I do I like know. those movies. Who's in Intolerable well, Cruelty? People I respect George Clooney. Oh, <laughs> and... Uh, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, I have yeah. a, I have a story about seeing that in the theaters, God, but it's not for this I podcast. I love Intolerable. Every other movie they've done, I love. So like, they're dramas, they're thrillers. You're a you're a Fargo. Oh, man. I'm simple man. I like a, a serious man. Like I, you're think, a Barton Fink man. Oh, a huge Barton yeah. Fink. That one's one of their best. It's best. It's amazing. Um, that's my story. <laughs> serious man. I went to the TIFF premiere. And uh, the Coen brothers sat right behind me, mm, and I was, wow. and I loved it. it I saw a Serious cool. Man at Young and Young and Dundas. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. What was your relationship with this film, Max, in 1998? I don't remember it coming out at all. It was slightly before my time. I'm a little younger than you guys, so I would have been 12, and I, that was more of my rush hour phase. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you really wanted to do rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. But it, it can we like, talk about you just somehow turns into a rush hour yeah. podcast? What you mean you got Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it also over the years, though, it felt like it was one of those movies that was referenced a lot at parties, and it's like it's like a, a cool book you have on your bookshelf. You're like, oh yeah, I read that one. And I feel like Big Lebowski was like that for people who yeah. like movies. Yeah. But so I don't know when I first watched it. To be honest, but it would have been like the last ten years. Yeah, but you chose this for for a reason. Yeah, but then I really liked it. A, okay, yeah. so when you did discover it, you had a yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, I when this movie came out, uh, me and my best friend at the time, Lee Penrose, we loved this movie. We saw it in the theaters. Uh, we would have, we definitely, when it came out on video, we probably watched it together, like in his basement, like a, at least a dozen times over the course of like four or five years. And it kind of was like that movie that we loved that made us think we were into sort of like, I don't know, real cinema, quirky movies. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. we just, we liked the pace, the comedy, like just really struck a nerve with us. Um, there was something really funny about the, the relationship between the dude and Walter and Donnie. We just, uh, Jesus, John Turturro character, we just, it really spoke to us. And so for years, I would say, like Shane said, I was like, you have to, have you seen The Big Lebowski? Have you seen The Big Lebowski? I was like the opposite of John, where I was one of those guys that was like, oh, that's one of my like top five movies uh, back then. But I probably haven't seen more than like 20 minutes here or there of it, like when it comes on TV uh, in like 15 years. So this, it was interesting to go back and revisit it uh, last night when I watched it. It's clear, it's clear just from all four of us that, that is, this is the kind of movie that what, that people, like, when you watch it, you become like, 
what's that Malcolm Gladwell? I think we've talked about that before. Like, so like when you watch it, you want other people to watch it. Like you, re- like you said, yeah. it's like a book on the shelf kind of thing. Yeah. Like you really, really, really like you haven't seen Big Little. Like that's all I heard for for years. You haven't seen Big Little, but it also kind of turned me off from watching it because so many people were like, you haven't yeah, seen you want to go against the grain. Yeah. I will say though, I think one of the reasons I like I cling to it so much is because we were on board from the theater. So it was like, even uh-huh. though like, remember the movie didn't really do that well. So it was like we felt like we discovered this indie band that we were telling people. You're the about. John Revere. It was just like it was like we just felt very like Paul Revere, John this, Revere. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm John. This is our thing. <laughs> but then you started hearing in the early 2000s how there was like a ton of these Lebowski like retreats and like a festival. There's a Lebowski festival somewhere. I've seen that. And then you're like, oh, okay, like. Clearly, there's other people that feel the same way we do. And then you started to realize that you did become one of those annoying people to like a fucking party where you're like, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Shane, is one of the reasons why you don't like it because a lot of people were badgering you about it over the years? Or, no, no, people, no. Honestly, Mike, this wasn't a big thing in my high schools or friends. Mm. Only Mike had been really the only person I knew. Most and annoying. my wife. So everything had been, been very recent in the last 10 mm. years. Where I even, like, I think Mike and my wife are the only two people I know who are diehard fans of it. <laughs> And and I typically anytime me- someone mentions it like oh that's the funniest movie at like a party or something in passing I'm always like that makes sense because that person does not align with my sense of humor at all minus Mike and my wife yeah I was gonna say which is funny because yeah you and, of course yeah. Mike more than anyone but mm-hmm. but your brother Greg I don't feel like he was into this movie that much yeah maybe uh, yeah it'd, it'd be a good question for him I, I I'm sure I tried to like get him on it like I tried to get everybody on it but I would say I abandoned that pursuit probably shortly after whenever I got you to watch it in like the whatever right. 2008 mm-hmm. or something like that uh-huh. um yeah, okay, so let's move to the reasons to keep it on the pedestal. Let's make the case for it. What did we like? What was the best scene? What was the best performance? Max, you already sort of jumped into this. You said you loved the swearing. Fuck, fuck, fucking, 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 dog, fucking paper. Bullshit. Bullshit. Fucking fuck. Asshole. I love the swearing. Um, I love hanging out with Jeff Bridges. I mean, I feel like in a lot of his movies, that's like the appeal of the movie itself. It's a great point. Is that... Unlike some of those other Coen Brother comedies, uh, like Lady Killers, Tom Hanks is like super over the top. Like what are the other ones? Uh, raising Arizona. Cruelty, uh, Raising Arizona, or Brother yeah, Nick Cage Arthel. is weird in it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Burn um, After Reading. Oh yeah, Brad Pitt is the. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot about that one. I like that one. Aerobics guy. Yeah. Hail Caesar was a was the most was the more Caesar. recent one. Max did not enjoy Hail Caesar. No, I liked Hail Caesar. I Wasn't think. your whole thing that you had way much more? Uh, f- uh, you enjoyed How to Be Single way more than Hail Caesar, even though Hail Caesar was critically acclaimed. You said this on our oh, podcast. Oh yeah, maybe. I said <laughs> this was your whole point. You're like everybody's like Hail Caesar, Hail Caesar. And then I went with Lauren to see How to Be Single. And I had a way oh, yeah. better time. You're probably like, mixing up the memories story. with yeah. <laughs> the only thing I remember about Hail Caesar now is that uh, the good one of the good looking leads kind of looks like me, and oh, Shane yeah. said that, and so now I think I love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, even compare it to somebody who's hotter than you. That's the guy that ended up playing yeah. Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I love hanging out with Jeff Bridges. I love the relationship between Goodman and Bridges. I think like. Goodman being really spastic and angry all the time and Bridges just being so fucking stoned and laid back. But it works. I like when they're hanging out together. It's like I love their back and forth. The dialogue, I think, is really clever. Uh, and also, I love the way they use music and in this yeah. in this movie. I think that... And obviously, it's like it's easy to lean on like classic rock songs and just be like, that scene's awesome because like, you know, along the wa- all along the watch tower, tower is playing in, or whatever, some classic Rolling Stones songs in there. Like, it's easy for, like, a mediocre scene to be elevated. But The Man in Me, that Dylan song, is so fucking good. Love that and scene. it's not a particularly famous Dylan song until that movie came mm-hmm. out. Agreed. I think it was, like, 
one of his better songs. What are all the musical pieces in this movie? I know the montages anytime he's hit on the head, but when, what are when Jesus rolls the yeah, and then that's the other to, part I know to Hotel California. Besides that, is yeah. there a like I only know those three parts, yeah. but I can't think of music. What condition my condition is in? And oh when yeah, he gets knocked out. By, that's what I just said. Oh sorry, I said there's the two parts where he's knocked out yep. and he goes through the dream sequence. But Man and Me and Conditions, those are two separate songs. Yeah. Yes, I know and that. that song's and the, the, what condition the condition is in. That's like not the most well known. No, song. I, it's no, kind of a classic. Really too. But, well there. but what I'm saying is, everyone says they love the use of music in it, and my wife said the exact same thing. She goes, I love the way they use music, but I just think. I think it's three memorable parts well, and the score that's, too and like the, the score is good yeah. but, but that's my point is that they don't have to overdo it it's like it's like the yeah, song yeah. choice okay. is so good i just wanted to see if there's another part that like throughout it where the music is used really well other well, than a dream sequence for instance when uh when uh when uh the big lebowski uh has to describe what's going on that bunny has been kidnapped they have that really sort of like um, menacing classical music yeah. when he's by the fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. And then they sort of greatly, once they leave that environment and the door shuts, the music cuts off right away. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, it tells him what he has to do. I do know what you mean, mm -hmm. though. It's like you'd almost want, but I think two major pieces plus the John Turturro scene is, is probably enough to Which make is, an I impression. Which I think right. the reason, like you said, I just think so Wes Anderson uses music more throughout the entire movie. Sure. Less is very, more in this case. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like they're okay. so, the Coens are so, you know how particular they are. Like, like they, like, they, like, when they, I bet you they picked those three songs and they said it must be those three songs and it cannot be more than three songs because if I do more than one, th one, th it'll th take away from it'll the take other. away from the other ones. And the fact that Shane, you were able to like pull those out immediately, they did that to you on purpose, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, memorable. Yeah. Also, I love that it's like a kind of a crime mystery. Oh, it is. Like that, I love like that. Legitimately, like a Raymond Chandler like detective story. It's a, it's a noir it's, detective. Yeah. Story set in contemporary LA with a stoner as like the fucking um, who, who, what's that? What's that famous uh, 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 film with Robert Gould? The Long Goodbye. Oh uh, yeah, the uh, Robert Altman movie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's like it's like basically a version of that, but without an actual private detective, just this stoner that got roped into the yeah. shit. All because someone took a carpet that tied the room together. Which that is what, movie's awesome. Which is goodbye. how a lot yeah. of these detective stories start. It's like something innocuous that kind of knocks over, like Chinatown or something, where you yeah. start somewhere and it just takes you on this crazy journey where you meet interesting people but instead of like some handsome detective it's like the most as they say in the beginning maybe perhaps the laziest man in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> well two two other quick things is i love uh la I, I just been spending some time in la and i just love i'm like oh pasadena oh north hollywood i can imagine these places in my mind so on a personal level i'm like oh i can kind of imagine i've been I was driving around LA for two straight weeks, like last month, and so that is appealing to me in this particular moment. And the other thing is, like Bridges' reactions to crazy shit happening is so fucking funny. Like the non, the like the, the just like what's going on? Like just like people bursting to his in his apartment, or just like weird, like you know, like the naked artist flying through the, from the <laughs> ceiling. He's just like just the looks and reactions, and he's just like, dude, chill, bro. Like I also I, just love his little comebacks. Yeah, like like when they're like uh, and he's watching the porno and they're like. <laughs> You must be here to fix the cable. Lord, you can imagine where it goes from here. He fixes the cable. Cable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a million little moments. <laughs> well, like that. The, one of the good Bridges moments, and, and I, I mean, this is gonna be one of my big things is the comedy, obviously, and the writing oh, of the yeah. comedy. But when Philip Seymour Hoffman is, you know, he's bringing him into the Big Lebowski's house for the first time, and he's looking at all the pictures on the wall, and uh, he shows him the photo of uh, 
of uh, the Big Lebowski with all of the inner city urban kids. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, these are the Big Lebowski's kids. He's like, hmm, he's like different mothers, you know? Like, <laughs> he's like, no, 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 they're the, the little Lebowski urban achievers, you know? But just like Lebowski kind of doing that and touching some of the stuff on the wall and Philip Seymour Hoffman getting very sort of like uh, uh, anxious about that. Like just all the, that stuff. One all of my notes it. is that I, I w like, it's a shame that Philip Seymour Hoffman didn't do more comedy. Like I know that he's done like so, like I love Along Came Polly actually it's like kind of one of those guilty pleasure movies like he's done some comedy he's just this, playing Jack Black in that movie he real. is yeah. he's kind of doing yeah. a Jack Black impression but here like he is like legitimately hilarious in this movie and you forget like that he can he can do that he has that gear to be really really funny so that that's why I'd keep it. Those things. Do I have to you enjoy it? Yeah, no, it's no good. Say more. <laughs> Wait till the no, end. Like you, you, you enjoy it. No, but you, you don't you say it. whether you. Oh, sorry, sorry. It. That's why I would. That's Those, are the, good things about Those are the good things. Those are the good things. Yeah. Other Cut good that, things. Please. Other goodies. Uh, yeah. So much. So for me, so much comedy like moments that all these years later, mm -hmm. absolutely still hit. Like one of the first big laughs in the in the movie for me is when uh, the two guys that work for Jackie Treehorn basically steal uh, go in there and. Uh, they hit him in the the the, the first time they kind of the go toilet. In. You're gonna say the, no, not the toilet oh, okay. line. But it's like, wait a second, isn't the actual Lebowski supposed to be like a like a rich guy? He's like, this isn't adding up. He's like, does this guy look rich to me? And the other the other henchman goes, looks like a fucking loser. <laughs> the way he says that, yeah. it just has so much vitriol, and it didn't need to be that mean. And he's so aggressive the way he says it. A fucking I, loser. Yeah, looks like a fucking loser to me yeah. or whatever. I'm like, that made me laugh because I'm like, if I'm the Coen Brothers, the minute that guy delivers that line, I'm like. That's staying in the movie. That is so fucking funny. Like you, you cast that guy just for that delivery. <laughs> so I, much contempt. Like I, it doesn't really bother you that much. Like anyway. I kept thinking the landlord stuff had to be Shane's favorite stuff. Where the landlord the who's dancer? like, are you gonna come see my dance quintet? Like he's like that. And then later on, when you actually well, see it, him it, do it the dancing, it felt a little out of place. To be honest, it felt like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I those thought I just pictured whenever there's someone. I, I liked it. Don't get me wrong, I liked it, but I. I overthought those parts and just really wondered how they decided to keep them, how they <laughs> came up so with that bizarre. character. You know what? To me, to Max's point about L.A., that dance, you know, the landlord, where he's basically going to come to my dance recital, I got the venue, <laughs> and he's like, oh, and hey, like, it's already the 10th. He's like, oh, yeah, man. Or he's like, far out. He's like, oh, right, the rent. I think that character to the to the Coens is a very L.A. type person. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. I see what you're I just saying. Thought you know what I'm saying? That embodies L.A. Or it's a lot of, like, texture. They do a lot of texture work in their movies. It's like, I'm the landlord, mm -hmm. but I'm a nice guy, but I also have this fucking this artistic I think it, thing I think on the it side. I think it, this is kind of counterintuitive, but I think it would have been funnier had it not been as funny. Such a you know weird what I mean? person. Like, they made it too silly for the world I thought the movie lived in. Yep, that's fair. There and I, I found that uh, at a couple... Moments, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll get we'll into get that there. Maybe. But it's funny because he mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I had a little bit of that with Philip off the oh, top. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I do think the cast is one of the best cast so ensemble cast good. ever. I was kind of curious to know where all those people were at, if you guys know off the top of your head, in their careers. Because, like, so oh, Julie, I think more. at the perfect moment where they're all on the up and up, but not at that status where they're. You can't get them. And, but or I do so think definable as like, oh, that's Julianne Moore doing Julianne Moore things, and there's mm -hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman doing that. But that being said, the Coen Brothers could probably get anybody they wanted at any time, like at Tarantino level. Tuturo and John Goodman are both um, um, uh, repeat Coen Brothers players. Lifers, so they're yeah. in like all the movies. Yeah. So those guys make sense. Jeff Bridges, like you said. Was that his first time in a Coen Brothers movie? That's Which one? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I could be wrong. I, don't, I think so, though. Uh, you, another thing I noted, 
uh, as far as like funny moments. You know when Lebowski this and this ends up becoming a plot point because he discovers the homework or whatever from that kid who they think stole the briefcase, which is great. So he's smoking the joint and he goes to flick it out of the window and it hits the rolled up window and then lands back in his lap and he starts like panicking. That gag is a very fucking funny gag to me. But whenever I cite it, do you know where I cite it from? I know there's. You'll a, know this once I say it. Yeah, it's bothering me right now. So uh, SNL, uh, the uh, whatever. Oh, the, is this the? No, tell me. Jim Carrey in this the night at the, the Roxbury. Roxbury That's I was. I should just so said it. So Jim Carrey's in the back yeah. of the seat, and they're like doing the baby, don't hurt me. They're in the head things, and Jim Carrey's smoking it's the a same cigarette. Gig, you're right. Flicks it, hits the window, back in his lap, loses it. But the guys in the front keep bobbing their heads. Very fucking funny moment. It's always stuck with me. Look I always thought they all they all start freaking out too, and he's like, it's out, it's out, it's, it's out, so it's out. Funny. Yes, and then they no. start bobbing their heads again. Right, right. There's right. another thing that's that that's. From also in a fire. So what came first? The only reason I bring this up is because that SNL sketch happened in '96. This movie Ooh. happened. This movie happened in '98. And there's no way you could like foresee in the future that everybody would connect everything. But they wrote this mm. movie. They wrote this movie like well bef- because they wrote it, and then Fargo sort of overtook their time. So the script definitely. Sure. Just so- all I'm saying though is it's like. Isn't it conceivable that you could see something very funny on a Saturday night on Saturday Night Live yeah, and not maybe. think that show will air ever again, that anyone would ever... I'm not even accusing... Like you said, the original draft might have... That goes Jim to fl- Carrey episode, I remember I taped it and I watched it like a hundred times. Yeah. Mm. Maybe, it's not, maybe it's not a super original gag. I don't know. But I, I immediately was like, wait, that's the fucking and SNL it's probably bit. not an overt steal. It's more of a subconscious thing. And maybe people, maybe the Coen brothers have done that at some point, you know? Yeah. Um, the cast, like you said, is very strong. Very Like, I think... I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get into favorite characters and stuff, but the John, but John Goodman was like unbelievable in this movie. I thought the Walter character, like, there's a reason why Walt, like, the Walter character has become like so famous in pop culture, and it's been over 20 years, and people are still quoting like the the "You're out of your element, Donnie." We're talking about unchecked aggression here. What the dude. fuck is he talking My about? My rug. Forget Look. it, Donnie. You're out of your element. That, that, well, that's another thing about the movie is that there's so many quotables. So quotable. That I'm like, oh, that's where this is from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, don't treat uh, objects like women, man. Uh, <laughs> the dude abides. Yeah, yeah. The dude abides. But uh, I, I was like, oh, that's where the like yeah. is that where that line is from? Don't treat objects like women. Like, there, lots, I feel like yeah. there's a bunch in the movie he that has, I heard. I wish I noted them all. He had another sort of flip up where uh, when Jackie Chirinor is like, would you like a drink to Lebowski? And he's like, does the Pope shit in the woods? Which is the, 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 the saying is either does the Pope wear a hat or does a bear share yeah, right. I love it. And so he combines the two, uh-huh. which made me make it. No, it's just John, the Walter's whole character of being like, because Walter's like you, like, we, like, like you said, it's like a detective story. And Walter isn't even like actually connected to the story. He's just this sort of like manic, depressed guy who sort of like bowls with the dude who just keeps inserting himself and he just yeah. inserts in the, and he's like what is this we what is this we that you're talking about <laughs> yeah. and so it's like this strange like the, the, like like the Coens do this thing where they like they did it with the narrator they do it with Walter where they sort of like pull apart how a story is even told like the narrator just shows up in the movie and kind of asks the main character how mm. things are going those are interesting choices Th- things like that and, and and they're so obsessed with form and they're so obsessed with sort of like playing with how a, like a, a story should be told D- did you guys notice at the speaking of uh Walking the wrong way? Oh, never mind. I, I do. Sam yeah. Elliott does. Yeah. He goes left and then he goes back right. No. Yeah. Uh, what I'm talking about is... Uh, oh, that's at the very end of the film, right? Yeah, near the end. See, I thought... No, no, no. Okay, the very end where Sam Elliott's like, and I'm proud to... Or he's like, he's like and I'm happy to tell you there's going to be a little Lebowski. Yeah. Whatever. And then he's like, I'll have another one. And then no, he like, Some of that good sarsaparilla. Yeah, and then he, he walks off, I think. But the last shot of the film is a guy rolling a I was strike. Cut Sarah, before? What's that? You're saying it wasn't a strike. 
Well, they do cut right at that moment. But it what I notice, like what yeah. I notice is if you watch it, that guy is hired because they start the scene with him hitting a strike, right? Mm-hmm. Then Jeff Bridges and Sam Elliott. Oh, is that? Oh, right. So it starts with the strike and ends with. So basically, they hire this guy. I'm guessing to like that can roll strikes on command. So a guy rolls one, then like. Jeff Bridges and Sam Elliott have this kind of moment. It's like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. Action goes to them sitting at the Uh bar. They have their conversation. Jeff Bridges leaves. Sam Elliott leaves. And now, clearly, Strike Man has to come back and close out the scene in the film with the strike. Mm, Of course. If you watch, you can see this poor guy that rolls strikes. nervous. He's waiting for his cue. He fucks up the timing. Oh, really? But because it's, it's a whole one take with... They basically have to take that one. So you see him hesitate. You can see him looking off camera. And then, and then he goes forward, grabs the ball, rolls the oh, strike. I want to rewatch wow. that. I'm though. telling you, rewatch it. Yeah. And I love a, that last shot. As a I filmmaker, though, last... all I kept, like, you guys will be thinking, like, I bet you they're like, fuck. Yeah. It wasn't smooth. I was thinking about that shot. I actually wanted to go back and watch it again to see how they did it. Watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And I'd never noticed that before as I was watching it last night. What do you think of the whole of Sam Elliott? That narrator, the stranger, I guess. A wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar and much obliged. Sometimes the bar will eat you. I buy it. Like, the I, whole I film's it. kind of, as a, like a framing device, it's like it opens with him, the fucking tumbleweeds, or um, settling for a story. His voice is so great, too. It is weird to introduce him, but I guess at, at the same time, he is somebody that occupies their world that will be able to tell this story because he knows it. Yeah. I love it. The end. I, I love the idea of a guy at the end who's like, "Well, that about does her." Like you actually have like someone just say it in the movie. Like oh, that's a pretty good story. I think if you laugh. like the movie, you're going to like that. But if you don't, you're going to not like that part. All right. You know what I mean? Because he he acts. <laughs> I like wonder the, where you land well, on. Oh, I do one. not like this movie. But, uh, <laughs> but since there is uh, since there's four of us, I feel like we yeah, can yeah, actually yeah. still maintain some suspense with the three yeah. other people. It still has a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, what else did we... Anything else stand out that we liked about besides the humor? The performances were fucking amazing, obviously. We amazing. Uh, uh, there's obviously I, I, uh, some larger things that I like. I, I, lo- I love how... So he has nihilists be yeah. characters in the movie. And Coens are very famous for, like nihilist filmmaking like that's like their, their stories always seem to be about how like isn't life even when it's at its worst just like meaningless and stupid and sometimes it's meaningless and stupid in a dramatic scary thriller way and sometimes it's meaningless and stupid in a really funny way but it's always meaningless and stupid and that's what and this movie is like maybe the most nihilist of like any of his movies uh, of their of his movie of their movies like nothing means anything a bunch of random shit happens one of the main characters just dies like has a heart attack for no reason heartbreaker and 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 some of it is funny and some of it isn't and and then like it's just that that quote at the end where the where the stranger goes like the the whole darn human comedy that like that is like it in a nutshell and sort of their statement on like yeah isn't life just and and what an interesting character to have the dude be this guy who just kind of he recognizes it he recognizes that life is crazy, and he just kind of floats through it, and he sees everyone freaking out. Everyone's over here, and the dude is just, um, the dude abides. The dude just, uh, I'm just I'm just over here. You do your thing, I'm over here. Yeah, I think a lot of people aspire to have more elements of the dude in mm. them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you watch You're him, jealous of him a little bit. I would love to drink ru- white Russians like that all day yeah. long. Definitely made that, uh, you want a white Russian. Oh, my well, God. Well, I was going to yeah. say, um, as another sort of cultural, like, uh, touch point uh, besides for the lines that we all recite now that actually come from that movie is that we went to a Christmas party an annual Christmas party for years where the drink of choice was white Russians and I can only imagine that that's where it came from was the movie right yeah what is in a white Russian white I assume half and it half it looked or? like half and half 
There's definitely Kahlua and vodka. <laughs> Kahlua, vodka, and, mi- and milk. Yeah. yeah. He's looks, definitely a lot of very tasty. I've never had one, but... You've never had one at the Foreman Christmas party? No. Never. And, and there's a White Russian uh, shout-out in our song, and then some, because it talks about that particular party, and then we can thank the Big Old Bus. I want to try. I'm going to try one this year, for sure. Get Peak to make it for you. Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah. But yeah, everybody wants... I definitely want to be more dude-like, and watching this makes you want to chill out more and yeah. just relax. Yeah, I also just wish I had that instinct that, like, in the face of, like, chaos, you're just like, come on. Mm-hmm. I know, exactly. Cool. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I just love to have well, that. Well, it, there's a, the other element of this is, is the sort of pacifism versus aggression. <laughs> yeah. Like, how he keeps calling himself a pacifist, and Walter's like, pacifism, like, how dare you? Like, uh, and the, we, what did we fight for? Those camel fuckers in Iraq right now. <laughs> and, and this whole, like, the idea... And, and he's a pacifist. Fist, and he will that's how he reacts to things and every time and Walter wants to react with aggression and anytime and, and the nihilists react with aggression and anytime anyone reacts with aggression that's when things go really badly like when Walter decides I'm gonna fuck up this this Corvette yeah. obviously like the better option would have been just sit and talk and talk it out and you would have figured out everything but instead Walter has to grab a crowbar and fuck up some guy's car or like the nihilists who like have to like show up and 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 confront them and that's how one of them gets killed and with his ears and his ears bitten off well, like, when, when Walter pulls the gun on Smokey for yeah. stepping over the line, he does have that really <laughs> funny line where he's like he's like give him a zero he's like I didn't step over the line Walter and he's like uh, uh excuse me market zero next frame bullshit Walter market 8 dude Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey, there are rules. <laughs> that line slayed There's me. There's a lot of little things there like that. There are so many. Well, even when he would, when they were doing the eulogy for Donnie and the Folgers fucking can, and they go to dump the ashes and they blow over them. Before they even get to that, when he's eulogizing Donnie, but then he just starts. He brings it back to bloviating about like Nam young men in Vietnam. <laughs> like, stuff like that is really just. It really hammers home who that Walter character yeah. is, and it's just mm-hmm. so fucking funny. I find it, like. I, I found I laughed still so much at sort of like some of the Walterisms. Oh, when they were questioning the high school kid, he's like, is this your homework? Is this your homework? Yeah. Is this your homework? And <laughs> <laughs> Bridges is like, where's the fucking car, man? Where's, where's the fucking car? He's like, can we stop? Oh, there was another <laughs> line when they showed up where when they see the guy in the iron lung yeah. and he's like, does he still write? It's like, no, he has health problems. Yeah. Oh, that made me laugh so hard. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of I'm your work, sir. I thought his funniest part was in the uh, when they're at the coffee shop and he's talking about how the toe is obviously not Terry want a toe? I can get you a toe. Yeah, <laughs> but he just thought it was so ridiculous that in, and obvious that it was someone else's toe. And how angry he got. So when like uh, when Jeff Bridges is like, he's like, you know, I'm thinking that she uh, kidnapped herself, man. Like older guy. And it's like as it's settling in to the Walter character that maybe this young girl has taken advantage. He's like, fucking. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's getting so angry Fucking. the more he thinks about it as if she's done something to him. <laughs> like the principle of it. It's just like the acting is so funny. Another really funny scene I thought performance-wise is when uh, when they do go into the, the study where the big Lebowski tells the dude she's been kidnapped and he, he hands the dude the ransom letter but because the dude is high in the background, the Big Lebowski's still talking about how sad he is, but the dude, they do the overdub of him trying to read the ransom letter, but because he's high, he reads it so fucking slow. That's funny. It's <laughs> like, put all the cash. But then in the background, the Big Lebowski's like, and they took the love of my life. But it go- the scene goes, I remember when I was young, like, that shit, like, there's certain scenes that watching this now, I was like, oh my God, I, this was so funny when I was younger. I remember thinking this was like the funniest fucking scene. And some of them really did sort of still hit, I felt mm. like. And Shane, you're a bowling guy. 
I know you like bowling. I like bowling. You must have liked at least the visuals. The, the I wish the, the whole movie was in the bowling. Like it yeah. was they that creep can roll, man. Yeah, they like took, I love John Turturro's scenes. It, it, I, oh, oh my, okay. So I wrote a whole thing. I wanted to get into Jesus because Jesus is that, that scene is that might be my favorite scene. I don't think it actually. But Turturro's amazing in this. Movie, I, I rewound yeah. it and actually timed it because I wanted to see how long this scene actually was. Did you know they're making a, a Jesus film? Yeah, oh, the trailer are. just came out. Oh, cool. Uh, but like starting from when you see like the purple shoe all the way up into when you see him being like the pedophile at the front door like talking to someone where jesus doesn't say a word it's exactly like two minutes but in two minutes it's like you know everything you need to know about this person from like what he like and, and it's costume and it's and it's props and it's design and it's the other people's reactions and it's performance and then they're talking about he was a pedophile and do two, you think he's actually a pedophile or Walter's just going off on a tangent of I think a theory he's for sure like a or a pederast as they oh, okay. say well, see but but that's a good question eight year olds I thought a lot about that because why that's would a good you question I didn't even think about that I just can't imagine they're gonna make a film about this guy if it turns that's out he's actually a pedophile yeah do you know what but I mean maybe it's one of those like. And even if he was in that movie, like they're going to change the school. And but listen, John, we just watched a whole movie that called into question Walter's judgment and the way he perceives things. That's a great point. That and is a good point. He missed a really good point. The situation yeah. every single every time. Every yeah. time. There's a there's a point where the dude like eventually like says to Walter like sooner or later, Walter, you're going to have to admit to yourself that you're a goddamn moron. Like right. Like yeah, you're right. He misreads like literally everything. You know what? I'm into that. I'm into that theory. Well, he always takes the least likely theory and runs with it. Yeah. Like any conspiracy, he'll just go for. Like even I wrote even like the the design of Jesus's bowling ball is really good. Like it just you've developed a completely unique character without him saying a word. It just mm-hmm. seems like that's like mastery of the craft when you can do that. I think it's, it's fantastic. And he has the perfect tongue to lick that ball. <laughs> like the way it's pointed, he like it with it's the unbelievable. bottom of his tongue. Like that's just how do you come up with that? And shit? Apparently, all that shit was improv on the day of. They just asked them to do a bunch of weird yep, shit and they filmed it. Wow. And he couldn't believe when they saw the edit. Like really? John Turturro couldn't believe it. His timing and delivery of his lines in that mm-hmm. role are so funny. You yeah. pull that gun out, I'm gonna grab your hands. I'm gonna. He's like stick barely up your in the movie, but he's like one of the most click. famous characters yeah. from it. I mean, that's the other thing which the Coens got to get credit for is that like like each guy's perfectly cast. Yeah. Like I was trying to think. I was like, who could do the Jeff Bridges role? I don't know who could do. I mean, I guess there's some like fat dudes who can get angry, like uh, Jeff. Good, you don't think uh, Owen Wilson could pull off that role? You were the dude, uh, Owen Wilson. Well, who I was actually more tra- of a dude than Owen Wilson in real life. Yeah, I I, Owen Wilson, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody, who's often Matthew McConaughey. You know what? I, you know what I think <laughs> yeah. works Matthew about Matthew McConaughey so could do it. You know what works about okay. Jeff Bridges though is I think he embodies a certain sort of wisdom that I don't think Owen Wilson. Well, there's a movie called Beach Bum where uh, Matthew McConaughey basically plays this character. But does he do it well? Pretty yes. though, he does. Jeff Bridges, it's awesome. I know like, I the movie like, sucks, but he's awesome. I thought of McConaughey in this role as well. Um, he's a little too pretty and a little too tryhard. I think watch Beach Bum. Sure. Well, I think just generally speaking, but like you're Jeff really bigging it up. Though. It's a horrible well, movie. He's like forty <laughs> pounds overweight in Beach Bum. Mm. I guess Woody Harrelson's not a bad one either. But th- there's something about Bridges, which like is uses the wisdom. There is a, there, you have. I to just believe. think there's an inherent wisdom with yeah. Jeff Bridges yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. lends the dude more. We give him more license than maybe he deserves to have. I think McConaughey is always like that philosopher vibe. But I don't think people think McConaughey's smart. Because really? McConaughey's a, I don't think he, I don't think people think too. he embodies wisdom. I'm just saying, like, if you're a general like movie going audience, I think they think of him as like a really sort of pretty, sort of like silly. Like, I, could you ever see Matthew McConaughey playing a president? Yeah. 
Really? Well, true detective, like he's fucking unbelievable. Trump's blown like, out of the water now. Anyone can play president now. Yeah, like, but he's like a damaged Southerner. Like I guess he's he's no smart, one true could detective. imagine McConaughey playing this damaged serious role uh, up until True Detective right. either. Right. Well, what about uh, Goodman? Goodman's character. I think he's amazing. Like, no, but do, I, but do you think who, who could, could play him? Play? Who could play yeah. him? It's a fun game. <sighs> it's a great question. Especially in 1998. Are we uh, saying, or are we saying, no, let's say like right now, let's say the movie's being made right now. Like, could like a fat Jonah Hill do that character or something like that? Like, nah, that would be wrong. The intensity is hard because yeah. it's also got to be comedic intensity that's also a little bit scary. I don't I know. Think it's, a non fat guy. Who played, uh, you know, this guy's name? He played Casey Jones in Ninja Turtles? Yeah, Elias, oh, Elias Cotius. Cotius. Yeah, Elias. I feel like I he him. could. I don't know who that is. Well, the, nah, the, he would be funny. Casey, Casey Jones. He'd play to, he'd play to, you got to find someone who can be like a, like a, like an actual. Manic, depressive wacko who also still, sits, still is, does all his Jewish stuff because his ex-wife made him do so it. Funny. But John Goodman's <laughs> also like over six feet tall. Like him and the dude are about the yeah, same imposing. size. And Bridges is like six one or something like that. Yeah. Like he's a Jeff, big. It's almost like, like Jonah Jeff Bridges Hill, today could do that. Could do that role. Yeah, like Jonah Hill isn't scaring anybody. No. Zach Galifianakis isn't scaring. Anybody. They no. can do the funny part, but they don't have the menacing part that John Goodman weirdly has just from his his, his stature. Yeah. It's hard to think. Maybe that's it's maybe hard. maybe a Chris Farley if he was still around. Yeah, it's really hard to picture the the kind of the the big imposing Vince dude. Vaughn nowadays. I could see Vince Vaughn doing it. That's a oh, good one. That's Vince a good Vaughn, one. good one, yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, okay. What was the best scene? In best this scene. Film? I, it was. I was torn between either the 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 big dream sequence, which was beautiful. Mm. It was uh, like like Roger De uh, Roger Deakins just had to I have to say that that he so much of the Cohen style is Roger Deakins style and so and so he was was maybe the MVP of this movie but the ash the ashes scattering scene is gets me every single time it feels like it sums up the entire movie when I was saying earlier about the like the Naya the how this movie is kind of about how nothing means anything where like the end of the movie one of the main characters is sort of just. You, you're trying to have a beautiful moment and it just gets scattered all over your hero. Then he has to yell at Walter, like, everything's a fucking travesty with you, man. <laughs> it was just make, I was how, I, I knew it was coming and I still laughed and it was great. And it still, it works every single time. Yep. Anybody else? I mean, there's a lot of good ones. I like the one where they're questioning the teenager. Oh. And, and then him going out to smash the car. I, I love that. This is what it's also, like when you I, fuck a stranger in the ass. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he's screaming that over and over. <laughs> smashing the window. Then he, Goes into the car somehow, turns on the lights. I didn't. That bo part bothered me. So they, so the lights turn on. How so do you do that? Smash that. I, yeah, yeah, good. That's good a part that didn't make any sense. No, though. fair enough. Fair enough. Shane I still like geared that. Up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, just like him, just talking about being Jewish throughout the movie. I thought that yeah. was so funny. Saturday, Donnie is Shabbos, the Jewish day of rest. That means I don't work. I don't drive a car. I don't fucking ride in a car. I don't handle money. I don't turn on the oven. And I sure as shit don't fucking roll. He's like, I don't work on Shabbos. I don't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> roll on Shabbos. Uh, <laughs> that's, like, that's, a, that's a hilarious expression. I don't roll on Shabbos. Yeah. Well, it's just it's so weird to fuck because. Because it's not about Judaism. It's about his weird devotion to his ex-wife where he's like, and it's like... And the principle of it all, yeah. Or what's the line where he goes like, it's like five, five years, how about 3,000 years? Where, <laughs> where all the way from, from the Egyptians to Sandy Koufax. It's a yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the shut the fuck up Donnies too are hilarious. Oh, oh and he yeah, tries to stop great. himself? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought I would assume that the that there's the, the Lenin and Lenin joke. Oh, that was I, great, I'm like, too. I wrote down Max has to love yeah, that Yeah, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> so good. Favorite I like when they, uh, when they go to meet the big Lebowski. Yeah. 
and it's just the introduction of Philip Seymour Hoffman and that whole part in the wallet, which you were talking about earlier, and him touching all the stuff, like, it's just acted so well. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's, like, comedic ability in that scene is so heightened. Like, I, when, when I think of, like, who could... This could have been horrible in the hands of another actor. Totally. But the way Philip Seymour Hoffman plays it, you do not take your eyes off his face and every movement and every action and anything that, uh, what's his name, Jeff Bridges does, or the dude, he has a reaction to it. It's like he's very present. This is present when, this is in when that Nancy scene. Reagan was the was the first lady of the <laughs> White House. Like, <laughs> yeah, he also met the president. And, uh, <laughs> but it's such a fake... there wasn't time for a photo. Well, Nancy's pretty good. <laughs> like, like, like getting the photo with Nancy is good. Like the dude is so funny. But it's in such a parts. fake character that he's yeah. playing. Yes, that he adds realness to it. It's yes. so funny you brought yeah. that up because that the power of Philip Seymour Hoffman is revisiting this movie. His first couple lines, I'm going, ooh, I put in my notes. He's really going for it. I didn't like the yeah. affectation of his voice. I thought I was like, he's overperforming. But then I'm like, no. Like once he settles into the character, I was like, I'm in. I'm, I'm in with you him believe- now. I'm appreciating the But it's like, you know how sometimes you're being serviced? <laughs> Wait, this sounds bad. <laughs> sometimes you're at a place. Not in a while, brother. <laughs> sometimes you're at a place and there's just like, I'm working here and I'm a very good employee. So the way to show you I'm a good employee is to be so fake. It's just like, hi, how may I help you today? Yes. And it's like, real people aren't like that. No. But when you're on the clock, you are that phony fucking person. And that's the way Philip Seymour Hoffman is when he's working. And he's always... On the clock, pretty much, when yeah. he's at this guy's house. My favorite moment was his reaction when, when Bunny, when he goes out to see Tara oh, Reid. Oh, yeah. Great, I marked that and, down, and, too. And she leans in. She's yeah, like, that's, oh. I'm still, I'm calling that the same scene, by the way. Yeah. All, that's all, what I wanted to ask yeah. you, do you see that as the same scene? Because the big Lebowski also admonishes the dude, mm-hmm. where he's like, am I supposed to pay for everyone that loses a carpet? And it's like, yeah, he has like a good word for pissing on a carpet yeah. that like, you never hear. But. And it's like, it's like, get a job like your parents, your generation's losing. <laughs> like, it's just like he's ranting and railing. It's amazing, that whole part. I'm like, fuck. This it comes movie outside. is going to be amazing. And you've seen, <laughs> and you. But what I love, I know, what I love about the end of that with the Tara Reid part is you've seen all this Tara like Reed. opulence. You've seen this beautiful, this big beautiful house. He's met the president, and now you're seeing his like beautiful like trophy wife. And then she like leans in and goes, "I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars," and like takes all the air out of it. And well, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman's best reaction. Like, ah. He steals that <laughs> yeah. scene. He, he steals that scene. He crushes it without there. saying a word. Yeah, because it's the funniest part in the movie, in yeah. my estimate. And I love. I wrote that line down in particular. Just that that line, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman's reaction to it was just mm-hmm. like Brent can't watch. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, all that stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's our bunny, or whatever he says. Uh, yeah, that's great. My favorite scene is the Jesus scene. It, it I, I didn't know how I was going to remember it's it. So good. I didn't know, and the way it's shot, the way that those guys are all like sort of watching him and talking oh. about him, like. That creep can roll, man. I love that line from Jeff Bridges. It's just so funny because it's like we've all played in rec leagues and all that, and you size up other players, and it's like, fuck, he's actually like. And then what he does with the performance, the way that their dialogue goes back and forth between the three of them, and then once he interacts with them, uh, and it's like, I'm he's not scared of Walter. He's like, if you pull that shit on me with that gun, if you pull a gun on me on the court, I'll grab that gun from you, I'll stick it up your ass, and I'll pull the trigger until it goes click. And then Jeff Bridges just pause. He goes. Jesus, <laughs> you said it, man. You said it, man. <laughs> yeah, that the way he delivers that. Oh. That's such a stupid line. Put it up your ass until it goes click. Like, oh. It's not cool, but it's so awkwardly perfect. That line. And it just sets up the Jesus, which is his name. Well, and I love, and I love it, how like they actually they shit. switched around the tournament for uh, oh. Walter. He's like laughable, man. <laughs> I would have fucked you in the ass Saturday. 
I'll fuck you in the ass next Wednesday instead. Now I'm going to fuck you up on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wonder if, because I yes. do, I know there's the theory that Walter's making up the pederist stuff, but they, but with the, the, with the flashback, I do love that they show the flashback and you see him in his like dinky sweater and his hair looks normal and he's at the door. And you wonder if he's like, you know what? My life is like totally ruined. I'm just going to lean into be like, he's, so he's not just this cartoon character. He's like, there's some version of reality to why he's acting this way because he's like i'm just gonna lean into this fucking nonsense where bowling is the most important thing in the world there i have my ball and my rings and my hairnet and my hole this is like this is me this is jesus the another underrated scene uh is that people don't talk about very often is when he's reporting uh the stolen uh car to the police oh and then, that might be my favorite the malibu like, laugh that's my favorite laugh in the movie oh my yeah. god when so and then he has to, they're like and he's like oh and there was a briefcase and like what was in the briefcase all right but the thing that made me laugh out loud is he also mentions that uh there was another crime where his rug was stolen mm -hmm. but then the message <laughs> machine bings in it's like hi it's Maud or whatever her name is she's like we have your rug mr lebowski it's like contact contact us right away if you want it then the phone hangs up <laughs> the cop goes uh he goes well i guess we can close the book on that one <laughs> <laughs> okay, that part, I, I thought you were talking about another part at first, but that part I really love. Yeah. Like that Did you part, think he was talking about Malibu, the where he whips the, the mug at his, at his forehead? No, I thought he was talking about when he's talking to the other cop. If uh, In the impound yard. Yeah, in the impound yeah, yard. Yeah. Uh, oh, he, right, right, right. We're all on the case. We got guys working. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with the cops breaking up, and yes. it's such a real breakup, seemingly, so that so it makes you want to laugh. Uh, right before we get to the negatives, one last thing that I always, like I said, there's all these scenes that like I remembered when I watched them uh, from when I was a kid that I just fucking loved. And one of them is definitively still made me die laughing. Like Danica, my wife, like looked over at me and she's like, wow. She's like, this movie's really uh, still uh, really does something for you. And it's a scene where he goes to Jackie Treehorn's mansion. Uh, Jackie Treehorn, Treehorn is the por porno producer or whatever. He's got yep. this mansion. They're throwing this party. And he goes there and uh, they're having this sort of like conversation. It's like the, the moment where the detective meets the big bad and there's all this tension in the scene. And then the phone rings and he's like, I have to take this call. And he goes and oh, takes the call classic. and he writes down a note. And you're like, oh. What's he going to write? And so at this point, Jeff Bridges has really embraced the fact that he's kind of a detective. And Trehone's like, I have to excuse myself for a moment. And he leaves. And then Jeff Bridges goes and he does that thing where you kind of sketch on the paper so you can see what the person's written on the note. And then he sketches it in. And instead of seeing anything written, it's literally just a drawing of a guy with a giant boner. Yeah. So while Trehorn was on the phone, that's all he was just doodling yeah. that. That scene made me laugh so much as a kid. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of stupid and juvenile. But it's, it's like something that would so be a naked laugh gun. It didn't mm -hmm. seem like something on a naked gun. Yep, it yeah, was in that anyway. world for sure. It was really funny. But anyway, guys, let's move on for the reasons to knock it off the pedestal. What has aged poorly? What was bad even then? What are its flaws? Shane, you seems like you've been... Yeah, just go, Shane. Does this movie <laughs> seem like it's three hours long, or is that just me? This it, movie seems long It's too as long. fuck. It, it's, Absolutely. I don't know if it's too... If it's, if it's too... But the reason I think it feels too... And I, I feel like on this watch, it felt a lot closer to the first time I watched it, which it is very purposely episodic. It is very purposely not one long plot. It's like this, then this, and it really did feel like this time something happens, and then something happens, and then something happens. Too much shit going on. Yeah, I want scene this to be a dazed and confused hangout movie. That's, the, that's what I wanted. And any scene with the Nihilists. We want some money, Lebowski. Yeah. 
Otherwise, we kill the girl. Yeah, it seems you have forgotten our little deal, Dabowski. Can Flea not act in this movie? Like, I hate Flea. They even gave him a line. Sh his shitty accent. Anytime those guys are around, bringing the ferret into the tub when yep. Jet Bridges, like, they just knew he'd be in the tub. Otherwise, why else have the ferret? Unless it's solely to throw the ferret in the tub. Hey, man. Why are they holding the ferret? I can't figure out nihilists. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else was in this movie in a, a camera? Uh, the father of Madonna's uh, child, Lourdes. Did you guys see him? Who, what? No. Uh, what's that guy's name? Carlos Leon? Yeah, I, I know. He's the guy that punches him. He's one of the henchmen with uh, yeah. Julianne Moore. He's kind of like too good looking for this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. But he only, he does the punch and that's it. The, that punch thing is, uh, it's, that's my, that is actually the thing that bugs me the most where I still, I've even had to look up after I'm like, why did they punch him and take his carpet? It felt like just a reason to get into that weird dream sequence. Exactly. The dream yep. scene I'm with you. I know everyone loves it. Do not care for it. Do you, do you, I, I just zone out. I'm I don't like, love why the first am I watching one. This I like again? the second one. Yeah, I like the second one much the better. The first one just I really dislike. the second dislike. one's done so much better. Yeah, it is way better. The yeah. first one feels like, let's let's go weird. It's the magic carpet ride. Yeah, yeah that's where yeah. the Bob Dylan song. And I'm like, okay, I like this song, but fuck, what's this movie about again? And I'm just kind of bored. For, for this that. movie is real weird. There is yeah. no sure. way around that. It is a weird Weird, weird fucking movie. And if you are not in the right, you uh, like, I'm just like what Shane was saying. If you're not in the right frame of mind to watch this movie, I can absolutely see someone just zoning out. Yeah, I wonder if the movie was like 20 minutes shorter and they got rid of like the Nihilist stuff and like, yeah, some of the back end stuff. Like, I thought, I wrote down it. how the, I'm like, to the point, I agree with you so much, Shane, that I even wrote down like, what, what, what could they have cut? Like, I'm done mm -hmm. editing in my head yeah. where I'm like, if they just removed. I, I, you said earlier that Julian, I, I hated Julian Moore's Me character. Me too. My art has been commended as being strongly vaginal, which bothers some men. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Vagina. Oh, I hate that. it. Fake what accent. What did I say earlier about her? No, I said oh, it. Maybe you said it. Yeah, I said it. Because I, I got her on my list. Yeah. For I, this thought, I thought, I, I wrote the Julianne Moore section of this movie. It's like it's in this movie for me to talk about in the bad part in the pedestal. Like, <laughs> it's like, like it's in there on purpose where her accent is stupid and her whole plan to, to get pregnant Again, is stupid. This is, their, this is their commentary on LA people. <laughs> sure. She's a, she's a legacy kid from rich parents, and this is how she chooses to present herself and live her life. It is a yeah. classic, annoying character right. in a movie that's supposed to be annoying, she's but the same I'm still as the annoyed and I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, she's the same as the landlord in the sense that it's like they've met people like these people and that's what they're writing but meet a person that makes me laugh or be more I'm interested in then and i'm like if you took her whole storyline and you lifted her right out of the movie and you just had dude or someone just figure out that big lebowski has been laundering money from his wife, dead wife's charity story remains exactly the same and you lose like 30 minutes of this movie. I thought the movie was moving at a great clip, and in my notes for this part, I said it actually loses steam when she enters the film because yep. it's one plot contrivance too far. It's like now we're now we're in this sort of like okay, like okay, and then it doesn't really stop from there. You're taking him on the uh, taking you on the proverbial ride, and when he she said that, I actually I wrote like I wrote proverbial ride, and then I wrote ug because I was like, oh come on, like everything she says is just so annoying. And uh, the, your scene when he's uh, with, they're with the kid mm -hmm. and then they uh, destroy the car, I just hated that. Hated really? destroying the car. Yeah. Really? You hated like it too, Mike? I do hate destroying the car now for two reasons. Is it too I, obvious? Well, no. Coming? I found Walter on this viewing, even though John uh, Goodman performs the hell of him and I respect the hell of the performance, the character's too extreme in a way that that is, it's like caricature in a way that's mm -hmm. like, he doesn't feel necessarily like a real person, only in the sense that it's like, I don't understand if I'm accepting these people sort of living in this world that they've created, I don't get why the dude would spend time with Walter. 
I don't get it. It's like at some point, well, I, I, I think he's to- too toxic and too abrasive and too much that it's like, mm. like here's another thing. Shane said he didn't like the lights being flicked on. It doesn't make sense. It also doesn't make sense that they're just driving away after. You're telling me that guy that just got his car fucked up doesn't call the police and they're not both arrested? Yeah. Like, and there's I don't no like the guy like who that. came out either to destroy their car. It felt like a different I, film. Yes, it's too, I like that scene a lot, But though. it's extreme for comedy's sake, which maybe that's what they're doing. But if it's like we're going on this journey, we have to accept the rules of sort of the, the world. It's like you can't destroy somebody's Lamborghini or whatever car that was Correct. and then literally drive away. I don't like the way – I don't think the Coen brothers do absurdist comedy well. I like the way they. They're uh, di- I like. Very the- much disagree. Okay, but I know you. I know like the fact that you hated raising Arizona. I think is crazy. Raising well, Arizona. Well, that's just amazing. my opinion. Right? Well, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, I like the way they do dialogue and turn a phrase, and I think they're very clever that way. But when they go broad, I do not like it at all. Yeah, like was, I hated Julianne Moore on that fucking yeah. artist swing when she comes down. Like, <laughs> I don't. I didn't mind that. I see. Aside from her junking up the plot, and not her necessarily, but the the plot contrivances, like I said, that sort of like keep mm-hmm. things keep having to happen to move the action. So it's kind of like this sort of like unravel whatever this on- onion that has the layers being peeled back. I I don't have as much of a problem with her characterization because I think she's another LA weird person yeah. that they've been around in these. In yeah. that, that the, I think they're writing what they know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. What but I you think. can write what absurd. you know, but just you can, in my opinion, do that. Character, I, I know that character. Just, yeah, I'd just also say that Jeff Bridges like is the kind of guy that is probably the only kind of guy that would have patience for John Goodman in in John Goodman's life. So you buy it, that he'd be. So I buy it because he's like this is a guy who's a little angry, but you know I'll give him a little chill. Like I feel like he actually was the only person who'd give him time. And yeah, I'd buy that. I, I'm I fine like, with him. I feel out. like I feel like dude abides is such a perfect way to describe the dude. Where he's like the dude just does. So it, it, the dude joins a bowling league, and then Walter is also there. And now we're friends. And yeah. he wants to be friends with me. I and will just he's remain. a good guy to have your back when you get in yeah. weird-ass situations. And he gets mad at Walter, too. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, he, he'll, like, scold him. Pacifism is not something to hide behind. Just take it easy, man. I'm perfectly calm, dude. Yeah, waving the fucking gun around? So he does, like, try to be his good friend by... Teach him. By teaching him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, I'll buy it. I um, bought it. I had no issues with Walter. I thought John Goodman top to bottom. But as a character, you just you bought the the extremeness because the the the, the Vietnam and the ex white like right. they had so many reasons to like I just don't get why bubbling like under that. the surface where like he needed some outlet like something like when he's pulling a gun on the guy, there's clearly a billion other reasons other than oh, the toe going I, over the line. So here's the other thing. Speaking of what hasn't aged well, I don't think you can pull a gun on a guy. And I know they have the joke, which is also. <laughs> dips its toe in naked gun territory where they're having the conversation in the, the car gu- and it's like you can't pull a gun man Smokey's a pacifist man and then the cops, cops are, are running into the, into the you didn't like that? Yeah. I like that well it's just like <laughs> what is this you know like mm-hmm. so well now do we lead to a scene where they go back they find John Goodman's home you know what I mean? Right. It's a Simpsons episode living from scene to scene thank yeah. you so, so f- those were things that I found this time around. I was like, maybe I found that stuff a little more funny or was just kind of like willing to go along for the ride or maybe I was I don't know, 16 and high. I, I don't know. Mm. Maybe, you know. Maybe this movie plays really well, too, if you like to... Sarah said, when we were watching, and she's like, it's almost... It's almost un... You should not watch this movie if you're not high. Interesting. She's like, it's made for it. See, I wasn't high, and I loved it, and I thought it kind of held up. I thought, like, the dialogue, because it's been 20 years, it's, like, so strong that it didn't feel like... You know, sometimes you watch a movie from the 90s, and you're like, oh... They just mm-hmm. talked differently back what then. What didn't you like, though? <laughs> yeah. There must That's have been funny. some elements of the movie that you did not like. Couldn't oh, sure. Um, I'm not as discerning as you guys. That's actually, I think there's, you're pointing out some little things, Shane. Like, mm-hmm. the guy who comes out... Uh, he's like, that's my car. It's like, he doesn't look like the kind of guy who would have just bought that car. He looked like, it was like a, 
like a yeah. It was just dude. like a, a SNL skit. Yeah, uh, and, and definitely some of like the plot points how they don't totally make sense. And it just to me, so it starts on such an arbitrary note. It's like I get the old switcheroo wrong. We've got the wrong guy, but just like okay, it's an old fat guy in a wheelchair who's 20 years older, 30 years older than Jeff Bridges is at the time. It's like they mix it up that bad. Like, they fuck it up that bad. That's how we're getting into this movie. That's the whole conceit, which yeah. That's makes, the catalyst for I, That's the, the first action. domino that goes down. I like, literally wrote, yeah. let's get real here. We are 12 minutes into this movie, and so far it's just about a guy that's mad that someone pissed on his rug. Like, that is... No, but his issues, even I know, the like, henchmen wouldn't know that they exactly. were in a billionaire's house. It's just like, but How I'm, long are they sitting around waiting for him to come home and use the bathroom before yeah, they... Yeah, give me one line. Like, well, we thought he was an eccentric millionaire and he lived below his means. <laughs> like, give me something that makes sense. Like, well, I would have made the movie great. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, don't <laughs> underestimate my intelligence that much. Like, it's when comedy is just weird for weirdness sake. Yeah. I don't like it. And this really? wasn't even particularly funny to me. Shane, is there an example of a movie, though, like that is absurdist that you like? Because, because the mm -hmm. thing is that, like, like, the dude... It's himself is a character that's almost unbelievable. Like we know people that are like pretty chill, but no yeah. one's that fucking chill. Like, well, no I one just gets punched in the face and goes, "Huh, what's <laughs> going on?" Like so, so you kind of have to be around. I love absurdist uh -huh. films, which like, is why I'm a little surprised. MacGruber, everything. I'm uh, what I'm saying is the Coen Brothers. I think they're very good at some things, but I do not think they're good at that. Like I think Wes Anderson's better at absurdist parts. See, I think Wes Anderson for me is more hit and miss. Oh, Wes Anderson yeah. has missed. They're yeah. like Moonrise Kingdom. I cannot tolerate. See, I, we've talked. I love Moonrise Kingdom. Is one of the ones that I like. Love boys. Yeah. We have a guest. Let's not get into. All right. It. Okay, but I'm just saying, like a movie like MacGruber or Naked Gun or something like that. I I appreciate movies like that. But even but you love like absurd. Like I know uh, um, what's a good. I'm trying to think of a good example of of, of an absurd. That's not that's not like SNL absurd. I know well, what you're like, saying. Like, what's, is there an example of a movie that like the plot point that starts off? It's like oh, they got the wrong guy. Uh, that you could go along with. Well, The Man Who Knew Too Little with Bill Murray. I think that's a funny movie. Uh -huh. <laughs> I guess it's tough because the Cohen, like the, their their absurdist. Dumb and Dumber. I love. Are almost like a genre to themselves. Like it's it's hard to even think of another like because the, they try to do these like real old like they're 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 aping like forties comedies. That's mm -hmm. what they're trying. They're trying to ape like forties yeah. screwball. And I will say, like, even if I have issues with the, some of the plot mechanisms, I love the writing. I do. Mm -hmm. And the performances. So it's like the writing covers up a lot of sins. So meaning, like, yeah. I'm going this scene to this scene, and this is kind of silly. But like I said, why am I at Jackie Treehorn's house now for the, the, the mm -hmm. dude? But the fact that the dude is now starting to take his detective role seriously, and I like the scene. I'm, I like that I've got to the scene. Even if the way we got here is stupid, or I think that Walter pulling a gun on a, on a, a bowling alley without repercussions... You know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, oh, yeah. yeah. To, to your point, I could just watch Jeff Bridges go through any scene anywhere and just be like, I'm, I'm into this. Like, yeah. Would you like this better as a TV show? Maybe. That's I actually interesting. Uh, I know you said all the performance... The, there's one performance that really bugged me the whole time is the guy who played the Big Lebowski. Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is fucked here. Nothing is fucked? No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain. Oh, oh I love that, man. See, I felt like he was he was overacting. I felt like he was like... That's, you, the, uni man, that's the universe the Coen brothers create, though. They're great know, at creating course, that. But it felt like... Yeah. I felt, I'm, 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 and I'm, also, though, that I'm more character... faulting the actor than I am the Coen brothers. But mm. think about it. That character was acting, meaning the character was acting. He wasn't rich. He, it was all a front. Oh, that's a good point. Remember? 
Yeah, so, yeah that's true. So like he so was trying to. Julian Moore says he's trying to he's put on, on allowance. His that's a van- really good point. Vanity is his. That's crutch. a great point where he's trying to actually put on airs as the super duper rich guy. Exactly. So when I'm yelling out all this stuff, it's it's part of the, the more scheme, my psychology part of the then. scheme. Yeah. Right, you talked me into it. Yes. How about the liberal use of the word Chinaman? I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude. Across this line, you do not. Also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. Yeah, well, they acknowledged it. <laughs> yeah, they I did. know, but it's one of those they acknowledge it, but then they just kept doing it. Well, I thought about this when we talk about <laughs> stuff that hasn't aged well. It's like movies, like. Walter is a specific type of character, right? Like, there's people that use that language in the real world and act that yep. way and have those views. So it's like, they can be a conduit through which that language can be used in, like, sort of a depiction. But I guess the question is, are they doing it just for the laugh of him saying that? You know what I mean? Do we care that uh, they never explain uh, Jeff Bridges, how he gets by in life? Or is that is it better we don't know? Money-wise, right, because he doesn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is that just, like, who cares? They he's said the he was dude. a member of the Seattle 7, and I don't know what that means. Well, he's like it an activist. An activist group. That's just an yeah, activist Yeah, it's based on a guy they... The okay, I didn't know if it was, like, an art Who's, like, a movie or... producer, actually. Dude. Like, okay. anytime there's this character that uh, lives a very chill life and just gets by, I always want to know how. Yeah. No, that was actually the one question I had. It was, like... Yeah, w- are we ever going to get to know more about these guys? Yeah. Like, I believe he can probably live on $650 a month. Yeah. Just where does he get the $650 a month? On, exactly. Is he on just unemployment of Maybe. some kind? Because sometimes I just like those little expositional for, things yeah. dropped in. I, that, that, I, that did occur to me a few yeah, times. It's like where he, I was waiting and hoping for someone to... Yeah, he had a rich uncle or whatever it is. Just tell us something. Yeah. All right, guys. We have moved to that point in the episode where we decide whether to keep it. On the pedestal. Do, oh, do we don't say favorite actor in the movie, or is that so obvious? We, that? Oh, we. You know what? I moved on from the good stuff. We did. Uh, before uh, I feel like we, we were talking about our favorite. I felt like we were talking a lot. Well, let's let's quickly hit it around. Who's the best performance in this film? Bridges, I think John Goodman for wow, sure. Wow, nice. Oh, yeah, I actually think it's the uh, the big Lebowski. Ah, the older Lebowski. Love that performance. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm going to go with Bridges with Max, but I do think Steve Buscemi is a secret MVP. Oh, yeah. yeah. Should, I, I can't believe we haven't talked about Buscemi at all. The only thing is he's not in it enough. Yep. Where, but I, if he was in it more, I would say him for sure. But he's just Donnie so, made me laugh more per line than anyone else, uh, except for maybe Jesus. But a lot, big part of Donnie's laughs come from uh, Steve Buscemi's performance. I wonder if the laughs are even there if Steve Buscemi's not playing it Which perfectly. Which is such an Great un-Buscemi... Performance too. Like usually, Steve Buscemi is like kind of like a twitchy, weird guy, and this time he just seems like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Just he's kind of just this simpleton, quiet. I'll tell you, even on this rewatch, I was heartbroken that Donnie had the heart attack. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it always you know uh, it's coming. It always crushes me, man. Like why couldn't they have like had Walter die of the heart attack? Life, man. But that's even life. the strangers it's upset never the at Walters the end. that die. I love how strange the strangers like made me laugh to beat the band parts anyway. I didn't like seeing Donnie go. He was speaking for me there. <laughs> yeah. Same Anytime Elliot, he's on the screen, I'm watching his face. Same with Philip Seymour Hoffman's. Just for his reactions, they're always funnier than what's going on the screen. From the person talking, it's always him listening. It's funnier. Boys, let's go around the horn. Maxie, you're the guest. Tell us first. Should we go Max first? Let's go Shane first. Well, I think we know Everyone knows that Max is in and I'm out. Yeah. Well, it sounds, that's, yeah. that's well, a guess. Max, are you I want you to out? confirm. Yeah. So, so Shane, you're just out. I'm out Off on the pedestal. No. It, it's it's even worse than I remembered. And Max, <laughs> it was better than I remembered. Nice. Yeah, because yeah, I felt like like Shane was struggling for good things to say, and, you were, and Max was struggling for bad things yeah. to say. Uh, I would say, uh, uh, I wrote down, I made sure I wrote down even just the words uh, greater than the sum of its parts, because I feel like that is the best description of this movie, where... There are. It is episodic. There are. It is disjointed in places. 
But man, like when you when you put it all together, it is it's fantastic. Like I I, I sometimes think that the Coen Brothers don't have any bad movies. I know you're kind of up and down on them, but they're like my I still Lady I, Killers I, I is an like option. Lady Killers. Uh, my brother-in-law like once yelled at me because I recommended that movie to him, and he like like dressed me down. Rightfully He's like, "How so, dare you yeah. <laughs> recommend?" I'm like, "I liked it." Jesus. Let's make some music. Uh, but I think the Coen Brothers are, are masterful filmmakers. I think they're my favorite current living filmmakers. I think they're, and I don't think they have a bad movie. And I think this is just one of their many incredible movies. So on the pedestal for me. Who's your favorite dead filmmaker? Uh, Billy Wilder, probably. I know we were talked about him last time, but for sure he is. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. Kurosawa is probably second. I've never been more curious to uh, know what Mike felt about a movie. Oh, we yeah. need to hear what Max is going to say. Max already uh, said. Oh, yeah. Max said. It. Oh, you kept it on. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You're very, for sure. you're very concise and quick. You're just like, oh, yeah, I liked it. Oh, I think it was, it was I was speaking for Max. Oh, no, yeah. I, you know, I just think it was one of these movies that I uh, saw, I don't know, 10 years ago. Obviously, the legend of it has grown over time. I didn't know what I think going into it, but I was like, I, but I watched it uh, yesterday and I was not high at all. And like Lauren, I asked Lauren, "Can you watch it with Liar. me?" And Lauren was like, "I don't really want to watch this movie." But she was like, kind of studying, and she was like, "Oh, I, this this is actually kind of great. Like, I I love watching that movie. It's awesome." And so uh, it actually exceeded expectations. Because the other thing is, is, like, it's it's really it's one of those things where it's like, is it grown so much in my mind that when you actually watch it, you're like, "This is kind of." Stupid. I was worried about the exact same. But thing. yeah, but it's like I just yeah again I know I just keep talking about Jeff Bridges and his performance, but I was like I was like I can just like watch him react to anything all day long. But sometimes the creation of of like an iconic character that matters. Like oh, it's, for sure. it's, it's not just story like the like character and acting and mm -hmm. performance like that's kind of the stuff that kind of sticks with you. Yeah. Um, so this film is, uh, like I said, I love this. This easily could have been one of my personal pedestal movies that we talked about instead of uh, Big Fish, which I did, uh, because I loved this movie so much as a kid. Uh, Two big movies. Watching this last night after so much time away from it, the performances are masterful. Uh, I laughed a lot. I really did. I think this movie still is very, very, very funny in a lot of parts. Um, but there is always kind of a point, and this kind of started to happen to me you know, in the late 2000s, it's like there's a part in this film where I almost start to fall asleep. And mm -hmm. I think it's because I start to lose interest in the plot mechanisms, like I said, all the twists and the turns, and it just kind of slows down at some point. And then you go, okay, here's another turn, here's another turn. Oh, now he's getting Julian more pregnant, and now that's happening, now this is happening. Now, if you're in the right frame of mind to sort of like go on all these little discombobulated uh, things, then, then maybe it's for you. If you just want to have a laugh for two hours, maybe it's for you. I think for me, when it comes on TV in the future, I absolutely will hang out because I love hanging out with the dude. Jesus still makes me laugh my ass off. Donnie makes me laugh my ass off. But as a film that I would be like, is this a classic all-time film that I should recognize, recommend to people? Uh, I would say that it does not Woo! belong on the wow. So it's a push. That was perfectly said, by the way, too. Yeah. I agree with everything that you said that... You can't just take his now. You no, no, your but I just, I agree with every <laughs> single thing he said because the plot really atrophies you and you're watching the movie and my wife went to sleep and she loves this movie and it wasn't even late at night and then I found myself dozing off, which I I'll never say I do. I agree, but in spite of that, I still love it. Yeah. Yeah, That's me too. How, how about that? I That's, still do love I, it. Like, it, it made me laugh Almost just as much as when I was a kid, and, and it's hard for a film to do that. I think this is a good movie to watch while you're drinking, though. Yeah. Not paying attention. Who gives a shit about the plot? It's awesome a party movie. Awesome scenes, scenes come up. Wicked lines. So wait, are you saying on the pedestal now? No. <laughs> no, it's on a pedestal for drinking films. <laughs> that's but a as, different plot. But like Mike said, if we're, if we're disseminating this as a film, no. But uh, I guess that's closing the book on that one. It's our first
tie.